Welcome to College Football Live, presented by Nationwide. Well, that is the southernmost bend of the St. Joseph River, and that's where South Bend gets its name. Known less for the river guys and more for being the home of Notre Dame. This weekend, the site of one of the biggest games in the college football slate. Sixth-ranked Ohio State taking on ninth-ranked Notre Dame. These two programs only about 200 miles separating them, so we should have an incredible environment this weekend for college game day and, of course, for the game and for all these fans who are hanging out with us this afternoon on College Football Live. Alongside Desmond Howard and Stanford Steve and Pete Thamel. I am Jen Latta. Guys, we are spoiled this week. Six ranked versus ranked games on the slate. Let's take a look at them to start the show. These are the AP ranked matchups. Coach Prime and the 19th ranked Colorado team visit 10th ranked Oregon. You can see that one at 3.30 Eastern on ABC. One of three ranked matchups in the Pac-12 this weekend. And of course, here in South Bend, Ohio State visiting Notre Dame. That, of course, a top 10 showdown. So let's start with this big game this weekend. Steve, six versus nine. This matchup is very intriguing for a number of reasons. Why don't you give me some? Uh, number one is the matchup of Ohio State's offensive line on the road in this environment at Notre Dame. Because when you look at it, Ohio State got things right last week. Kyle McCord was named the starter, played with more relief. They took shots downfield. But the reason was because he was protected. And this guy also got loose, too, in Travion Henderson. Can Ohio State run the football and keep Notre Dame's defense honest? I'm not sure. I like the personnel Notre Dame has on the defensive side, especially their linebackers. I look for them to disrupt things, make Kyle McCord uncomfortable, and that's what the key to the game is for me. Key to the game for me is um, Notre Dame's offensive line. I don't know if you guys heard this guy. Left tackle Joe Art. Monster. Joe Art is a first-round draft pick. And this guy said during the offseason, we want to go for the Joe Moore Award. If you don't know what that is, it's given to the best offensive line in the FBS. If you're going to get that award, you want that attention, you got to move around the front seven mm. of the Buckeyes defensive line, man. I tell you what, they got great running backs. I spoke to the running back coach, Coach McCullough, yesterday at practice. He said, Death, we have a stable, and we're going to come after them with all our running backs like a thousand jabs in the fight until they break. <laughs> So I tell you what, their offensive line, Notre Dame's offensive line versus Ohio State's front seven is going to be the key to this game. Dez is getting night. feisty already. Pounding the table, <laughs> Pete. Can you match that energy? Well, I'm going to go from 30,000 feet and say we're at game 19 of Marcus Freeman's tenure here. Yeah. And this is unquestionably the biggest opportunity that he's yep. had so far in his tenure. Notre Dame's exponentially more equipped to win this game this year than the opener in Columbus last year. Reason one, that offensive line. Don't forget about Blake Fisher at right tackle. Blake Fisher, another first, first round draft round pick, pick too. too. That's right. Yes, but sir. the real reason for optimism, you can feel the energy permeating through this Notre Dame program, is yep. Sam Hartman. I was at practice yep. yesterday with Dez. He's, a, he's an assassin. Yeah. Every ball was completed. He's a sniper. You're not kidding. Best quarterback here in a generation. Sorry, Brady Quinn. <laughs> he's been playing football for about a generation. <laughs> he's the best piece of the puzzle, no doubt about it. He definitely seems like a guy who loves playing football, yeah. knows this is his last opportunity to go out there and make something happen with his career. Did incredible stuff at Wake Forest, but it does feel like this is a great fit for his skill set. And, of course, We'll probably try to play at the next level with what he's done here at Notre Dame. Fifth time these two teams have met as AP top 10 teams. The Buckeyes guys, they've won each of the last four. I don't want to remind these fans out here, 
The touchdown Jesus looking down on us, but that is the fact. Those are the facts, guys. Those games all by double digits. Mm. Let's go some of the top stories this week as we go into week four. We begin with the return of Coach Harbaugh. They faced Rutgers this week. What can you tell us about that, Pete? Well, Jim Harbaugh's back on the sideline, Jen, but it's almost like he never left. Michigan is 3-0, and and Harbaugh has been at practice for the last three weeks as they rotated different game day head coaches. J.J. McCarthy's in the top ten in the country in efficiency. Harbaugh doesn't have any game day-specific duties. Rutgers has tested Michigan three years in a row. We'll see if they can make that four. We have Jalen Milrow returning to be the starter at Alabama this week. The most intriguing part of this to me, Jen, is how definitive Nick Saban was about him coming back. He said, Jalen's got nothing to prove here. He's our guy. Uh, Milrow will have a familiar face on the opposite headset. Pete Golding, the former mm. Alabama DC, is at Ole Miss. Uh, the status of Cam Rising has been the story of September week after week. Will he be back? Will he not be back? And I'd love to give you something definitive, but right now it looks like it's going to be a game time decision for Cam Rising. He and Nate Johnson have split first team stat, uh, snaps excuse me, in Utah practice this week. Um, will Cam Rising come back and be the Cam Rising who led Utah to two straight Pac-12s? We will see. Um, and for our fans out here, a familiar face starts for Arizona State against USC. The Sun Devils are 35-point underdogs, but we're going to see Drew Pine, who went 8-2 as a starter for Notre Dame last year, make his first start at Arizona State. He had a hamstring injury in camp that kept him out of the starting discussion early in the season. He's back. He's healthy now. They are not healthy in front of him. Mm -hmm. Steve will shudder at this. Four starting offensive yeah. linemen out. A fifth one questionable. The Sun Devils are the walking wounded, and that's why they're such big underdogs. Mm -hmm. Good stuff there, Pete. Now it's time for a look at the All-State AFCA Good Works team. This recognizes athletes for their charitable work off the gridiron. To see all 22 players on the Good Works team, you can log on to ESPN.com and search All-State. Coming up here on College Football Live, we will continue talking about the big game here in South Bend. Notre Dame, Ohio State, just one of six ranked versus ranked games for week four. Stanford Steve tells us why UCLA and Utah is one of the best matchups of the week. Plus, Colorado facing its toughest test this weekend. They're taking on Oregon. Will Dion and his squad be able to keep the underdog mentality to drive them to the win? College Football Live is presented by Nationwide. Nationwide is on your side. Welcome back to College Football Live. Presented by Nationwide. huge slate of games tomorrow but let's get into a few of those right now back here on college football live with des and stanford steve and the authority pete thamel i'm jen latta what are you looking at for this weekend steve i gotta go to the pac-12 ucla at utah monster matchup both ranked teams chip kelly has not had success in salt lake city but i feel like this is a different animal with talk about this offensive line everybody's gonna talk about the true freshman dante moore on the road in his first big start in conference i think 
it's the offensive line. And that man right there, Carson Steele, is about to get the ball. 270 yards UCLA averages on the ground. He averages 8.1 yards per carry. I think he's the key to, win, to winning this game if they can run the ball on the road. Let's take a trip to the ACC country. You got Florida State versus Clemson. Guys, ACC is pretty competitive with Miami's mm. looking better, UNC, but Florida State, what they did to LSU was just unbelievable. <laughs> Didn't look great last week against Boston College. Authorities said they had some guys missing, guys banged up. Maybe they'll get them back. And then their star receiver, Keon Coleman, targeted three times, zero receptions. They're going to have to get on track at Clemson if they're going to win this game. Well, if you played Iowa football bingo, along with punt to win, you'd have the tight end as the leading pass catcher. Luke Lachey, that leading pass catcher, is mm. out for the season. Ouch. He just had right ankle surgery. Uh. He had 131 yards and 10 catches. Iowa's identity is in 12 personnel. Eric All, the Michigan transfer, is talented. He'll, he'll emerge as that, uh, as that number one receiver from tight yep. end position. Look for Steven Stellanos to slide in in that other tight end spot as Iowa tries to pound the rock in State College. Okay, I do know that it is the whiteout this weekend, and I know that they have been really good when they have the whiteout. Penn State has won five of its last six times when they have had a full whiteout game. Let's take a look at today's road test presented by Goodyear. Colorado Oof. and Oregon have averaged about 100 points combined this season, headed into their top 20 matchup. Both have produced nearly 60 plays, going for 10-plus yards and they've won the turnover battle. In fact, Oregon joins Penn State as the only FBS teams who have yet to commit a turnover. Here's head coach Deion Sanders on the challenge ahead of his team this week. We have not played a complete game. We have not played a game where the offense, defense, as well as special teams has all shown, shown up in the same manner. Um, if, if the offense is playing well, the defense is, is hot garbage. If the defense is playing well, the offense is ho horrible. Uh, and special teams aren't, aren't special. So we got to put it all together to be able to defeat a team like Oregon in that manner. We got to put it together. Yeah. Despite what the narrative may be around Colorado, he is not wrong. What more can you tell us about the expectations this weekend, Pete? Well, Jen, to use Dion's vernacular, the hottest garbage has been Colorado's offensive line. <laughs> Shador Sanders has been hit 55 times on dropbacks alone. Wow. And he's been sacked 16 times. Imagine if he wasn't Jeez. a magician and couldn't move his feet like he did. Um, now, we've got to remember, in this game coming up, Travis Hunter is out. So that means the best defender for Colorado is out, and their second-best offensive player is out. Yeah. One thing to look at is to see if Colorado adjusts on the crossing routes. Colorado State completed 16 of 18 shallow crossers. Yeah, it's like they, they never figured it out. No. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, you know, when you look at Shadour and what he's able to do offensively, he still has some weapons. I mean, you got Jimmy Horn Jr. He's emerging as a, as a top weapon. Of course, Xavier Weaver is one of the top receivers in the Pac-12. I think the game plan is this, guys. Get the ball out of Shadour's hands as quickly as possible into the hands of the playmakers because you know the Ducks' defense is going to be uber aggressive. They're going to be coming. They're going to try to get after Shadour, just like because what the authority just said, they know that that offensive line is kind of porous. The defense is kind of poured through. So, you know, they're going to be hyper-aggressive. Um, Use that against them. Get the ball out quick. Let the playmakers do what they do. And let the chips fall where they may. I just wonder how Colorado is going to come out in this game. All the attention they've gotten. Yeah. Falling behind last week. Double digits in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And the biggest... 
you know, thing they have to overcome. We touched on it already. Both lines of the scrimmage, Oregon is going to dominate. They have NFL guys on the line of scrimmage. So what does that endure? How does Kyle, they have to come out with a fast start. And that includes, like you said, Shadur getting ball out of their camp. They can't fall down early again like they did last week or they're in big trouble. You know, so much was made of what was said in the week leading up to the game and how Dion used that to kind of galvanize the Mm -hmm. team. Anybody remember what Dan Lanning said this summer Mm -hmm. about Colorado? I do. (laughs) He basically said Colorado had not contributed to the Pac-12 during their time there. Something about dubs and whatnot. But yes, we will see if they use any of those old words to motivate the Colorado squad this week. Uh, you know, everything has been coming up Dion, right? Kind of like everything's been coming up Millhouse. Mm. Uh, <laughs> not everything. Take a listen to this. Lamborghini prom. I love to see it. They even gave him a ticket. They yeah, done gave my dad a ticket. Yeah, boy, it's crazy. <laughs> Sanders' wow. son's Instagram. They're even giving Dion parking wow. tickets, Tez. Now, see, I would think that as a head coach, you would have a spot that's designated for the head coach like a Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Nick Saban's Ferrari will get a ticket <laughs> unless you're trying to get fired. I mean, I guess the police department's looking for a shipment of those new sunglasses. There you, go. <laughs> you know, maybe they didn't get theirs yet. Everybody else. I got, got a pair. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But the local law enforcement did not. All right, guys, coming up on College Football Live, Pac-12 to Pac-2. Mm. We've got a wild environment this week as number 14, Oregon State, visits number 21, Washington State. Both teams undefeated. Steve takes us through why this is the toughest game of the weekend to pick. College Football Live is presented by Nationwide. Nationwide is on your side. This Heisman Update is brought to you by Nissan, premier partner of the Heisman Trophy. Ah, yes, the Heisman update brought to you by Nissan. We check in with Drake May, whose Tar Heels are one of seven ACC teams off to that 3-0 start. He joins Washington's Michael Penix Jr. as the only quarterbacks over the last two seasons with 6,000 total yards of offense. May's been responsible for 50 touchdowns. That's fifth most in FBS over that span. For more on this game and others in the ACC, let's send it out to Kelsey Riggs with the ACC Huddle Team for more from Pittsburgh. Jen, thanks so much. Welcome out to the Steel City, Pittsburgh, just a day away from hosting number 17, North Carolina. ACC Network will be here live all day tomorrow. And let's start with that game, one of many ones across the league that are going to be good games. But Coach Pitt, a lot of question marks for them about quarterback. On the other side of things, North Carolina, no questions with Drake May. What do you like most about him? Uh, Drake is a big-time player. I mean, bottom line, I I, I liken him to Joe Burrow in the NFL. He's got that... uh, Smoothness about him as a, as a personality, and uh, and how he plays the game. He's a good athlete, but a year ago he was like the show. Now he's got a great running back, and Omari and Hampton. He's got some good, lot better defensive play. So. He doesn't have to do it all by himself this year. It's a much more balanced attack. Part of the reason that they are one of seven teams in the ACC that is still undefeated. Your school, you of course played 
quarterback of Florida State, undefeated as well, taking on Clemson. That's a big matchup in Death Valley. What do you have your eye on? Yeah, I have my eye on the Florida State defensive line, keeping K. Clemson in the pocket. Last week, Boston College quarterback Thomas Castellanos was running all over the place, able to make a lot of plays with his arms and his legs. K. Clemson can do the same thing, so that D-line has to be sharp. Keep that quarterback in the this pocket. This Clemson team is definitely trying to prove something. They have won the last seven straight against Florida State, but obviously a little bit of a chip on their shoulder this year. Let's send it out now to College Station and check in with the SEC Network, guys. Thanks, Kelsey. We are in the mecca of college football facilities. <laughs> I was wondering Aggie land, baby. <laughs> SEC Nation coming hot from College Station. I will say there is a renewed sense of energy. You see the tents. Everybody's going to be having a nice little adult beverage before we get going. Not you so. and me, though. We got yeah. some work to do. It's going to be an exciting one here, but Rome, I don't, I don't want to get into it too soon, but we got a pretty big one in Tuscaloosa. And I'm just going to say, this might be the first time in a long time that Ole Miss is coming in with the best quarterback. Yes. Best receivers. Yes. Best running backs. Mm -hmm. Tell me what's going to happen. Not only that, but they played better all year they as have. well. So Ole Miss is primed and ready to knock off Alabama. Really looking forward to this opportunity. And it's an opportunity for Alabama as well to say, hey, you know what? We still have something to play for. Inserting Jalen Milrow back at the quarterback spot. How explosive can they be on that side of the ball? And also defensively saying they have to be able to slow down this lane kiff and run offense with a, with a great quarterback play of Jackson Dart this year. Speaking of great quarterback play, Connor Wigman has been special yes. here in College Station. The Bobby Petrino experience has paid off so far. Now, they got to pay it off on the field against a good Auburn team that is overlooked, that's underrated, that wants nothing more to spoil the party here in College Station. I think it's going to be a good one. But I might lean A&M. You'll see 9 a.m. Eastern here on SEC Nation. Thank you very much, guys. Packed schedule this weekend. We have two of the top games to kick off your week four. Tomorrow on ABC and the ESPN app, number four, Florida State is in Death Valley to take on Clemson. That at noon Eastern. Then Coach Prime and the 19th-ranked Colorado squad are in Eugene, squaring off against Bo Nix and Oregon. Bo Nix and Shadur Sanders could absolutely light it up. Let's stay in the Pac-12, Oregon State versus Washington State. Steve, why is this game must-watch for you this weekend? Uh, because I want to see what Oregon State's defense does on the road. Two things travel in this sport, yeah. great offensive lines and good defenses. Right. And I just haven't had the chance to see Oregon State play a good opponent. Washington State, we got to see a play, you know, beat Wisconsin when they came to their place. And this guy, Cam Ward, is the real deal. Nine touchdowns, zero interceptions. He might have been the best player on the field against Wisconsin. But Oregon State, they've, they've held everybody down. We know they want to run the ball on offense. But can that defense slow down Cam Ward as Oregon State wants to get their run game going? I agree with you 100%. Going into the Wisconsin game, I said Cam Ward is probably the 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 greatest dual-threat quarterback that no one's talking about yeah. in his shoulder. I like Oregon State's offense. You know, Jonathan Smith's done a really good job building a, a nice offense, and he got that missing piece of the puzzle. DJ Uyunglele, the transfer from Clemson. DJU mm -hmm. is playing fantastic right now, guys. They got really good balance on offense, averaging about 220 yards on the ground, about 247 through the air. He hasn't thrown the ball to the opponent that much, only two INTs <laughs> so far. So he's everything that the Beavers could ask for. So I love this game. It's a sneaky good game. Absolutely. There's intrigue off the field, too. These are the Pac-2, and while they're <laughs> playing each other, they're also united going forward and trying to figure out what's next steps. Uh, 
Yeah. Both schools' presidents and athletic directors held a press conference yesterday yeah. where they basically said, you know, outline what they're going to do pushing forward. One thing they need is information from Pac-12 offices. They mm. need the financials. They need to know the realities of the Pac-12 network, what the what the money is, what the, what the liabilities are moving yeah. forward. The other thing they need to figure out, and there's going to be meetings the next few weeks, is can they be a two-team conference, which the NCAA would let them do for two years? Wow. Can you put a schedule together yeah. for 2024? Can you put a schedule together for 2025? Can you leverage the assets, including nearly 50 million in NCAA units, and make this work before an inevitable merger of some kind with the Mountain West? As for the game, the Beavers, guys, three-point favorites on the road. You know, they've played each other 108 times, but this is the first time that both are ranked in the AP poll. It's outrageous. Uh, yeah. 108 yeah. times? Unbelievable. It just goes back to all, all the stuff that's going around with these two teams. These are my two favorite fan bases in the Pac-12. Like, like you just said, that number right there shows you they have not had a lot of success. <laughs> and they're still showing out and selling out games. Yeah. And the crowd, the crowd fan bases are, are awesome for these two schools. And that's why, like I said, this is an excellent game. The only thing, I wish it was the 1030 Pac-12 left. <laughs> the whole Pac-12 after that. Yeah. yeah. That, this, this fits it perfectly, but... We'll, we'll make it work. I don't know if I mentioned. I think I said they are three-point favorites on the road. Before we go, one more bit of week four hype. What's another sneaky good matchup, Desmond? I think UCF versus K-State, really sneaky good game. I mean, Gus Malzahn, his team can score a lot of points. And K-State coming off a, a heartbreaking loss to Missouri yeah. last second field goal at the end of the regulation. So I think that's going to be a sneaky good game. Mm -hmm. How about age-old conference rivals BYU and Kansas? They're both 3-0. <laughs> it's BYU's debut, love. debut in the Big 12. Jalen Daniels is completing 75% of its passes. Yeah. BYU is coming off that win in Fayetteville last week. They've got a top 30 defense. Daniels 7-4 as a starter the last two years at Kansas. I like them. I look at Oklahoma going on the road to Cincinnati, giving yeah. double digits. Plenty has been made. Are they back? Are right, they right. for real? Yeah. Now we get no offense to Tulsa last week. They went to Tulsa and rolled them. Now we get them in a real road game at historic Nippert Stadium. Mm. Should be excited to see what Dylan Gabriel and that offense do. I'm with you, too, because I like Dylan Gabriel. Love I think him. he's playing outstanding football right now. But, you know, Cincinnati is going to be tough. They, they just off a lost. loss. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Coming off a loss. That's dangerous game. Early kick. 100%. Yeah. That's, <laughs> a, good, that's be, a good call. I might be in the minority, but I actually really love Nippert Stadium. Right there in the middle of you don't eat that. You don't eat that chili. Please don't eat the chili. I'd rather not say. Thanks for hanging out with us here. College Football Live for Desmond, for Stanford Steve, for Pete Thamel. I'm Jen Latta. Big game tomorrow. Big show tomorrow morning here. Just under touchdown, Jesus. We will see you tomorrow morning, bright and early on College Game Day.